Imagine living wildly, authentically, and unapologetically you. Look, we've all experienced something in our life that has brought us down in one way or another. It's time to break free from those past constraints, to bloom and flourish in all the places we've been told we can't. Welcome to the Wild Hearts Podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Laura. We're two best friends with a mission to empower women through the lens of a growth mindset. You already hold all the answers inside you. We're just here to remind you of the strength you already possess by sharing our opinions, telling our stories, interviewing experts, and advocating for mental health along the way. So let's Let's get get started. Okay, part two. Psychosis. Psych. I mean, part one was a pretty big one. Heavy hitter. I was just thinking heavy hitter. Of course you are, you crazy woman. Yeah, it's a lot. So we left off basically Martin dropping me off at the hospital or getting, bringing me yeah, to the hospital. Yeah, tricking you, actually. <laughs> I like to think of it as like, he's like, gotta go to the vet. I mean, park. And then yeah, like, that's pretty much exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. So you're Thank there. God that Thank he did goodness. that, though. So you get to the hospital. I think before we just dive in again, mm. I really want to... Oh, good call. I really want to... Once again, give a heads up that this is likely triggering stuff for people. For sure. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. It's worth it. Or if you're just like, this is all too much, just don't listen at all. That's fine with me. We're okay with that. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, And also, if you feel like you need somebody to talk to, please go do that talk to a medical professional we are not medical professionals yeah that's not us so like please don't ask us for medical advice because we can't give it yeah we will talk about things and this episode i think especially because i'm gonna be talking about my experience at the hospital but this is just my experience i really want to make sure right off the hop people know that i'm like pro medical professionals yes Yes. Like, I didn't love my experience at the hospital. But, like, but I nurses need to be paid more. They are the backbone of the medical community. Yes. And, like, unsung heroes all throughout that. Yes. And it's not an easy job. No. But your experience was not ideal. But that doesn't become a reflection on the medical community. community. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And also, I was not in my right mind. And That's also, why you were there. <laughs> I needed to be there. Whether I wanted to be or not. Correct. Doesn't matter. Near. That's where I needed to be. Right? What did I tell you the whole time? Right. But at that time, I didn't see it for myself. Bitch, please. It's like, I can handle this on my own. I've been doing fine. But I, you know, I wasn't. But no. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's important to say. For sure. Just get that out into the universe. And again, I want to give that number for the Mm. Crisis Service Canada. Which is one eight three three four five six four five six six, or you can text them at four five six four five. And again, we'll have that number in the show notes for you. And to remember, that's not the only number you can use. If you have someone you like to talk to, or mm-hmm. someone you trust, or have a counselor, mm-hmm. I mean, those are all great options as well. This is just one number, and please. Please use it if you feel needed. And to, you know, we're Canadian. So this is just... Oh, yeah. This is just a Canadian national number. But each province will have their own health 
lines and like phone numbers you can call. So I don't know where people are listening from, but mm -hmm. like there's certain places like just literally Google. That's what we do. Helplines. <laughs> and that's call literally somebody. what we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can too. Yeah. Okay. So now that that's so out of the way. we are at the hospital. Martin yes. has. We're not even in the hospital. No, no. We're I... at like. You're emergency in the car. room drop-off parking lot. And, and I'm like, why the fuck are we here? Yeah, he has just... He's just betrayed my, my trust. Tr yes, I knew you were going to say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, okay. I was like, I don't need to be here. This is all just a test. Right, you're just playing a game that's life, babe. Yeah, so I was pretty sure I didn't need to be there. Right. And he was really patient and mm -hmm. loving and kind and was like well i think maybe we don't need to go and we can just sit here for a little while right he's just warming you up to it and then eventually like a security guard showed up because we're parked probably where you're not supposed to be parked mm -hmm. and so then i start talking with the security guard and then martin's like i just need to go in to use the bathroom right. is that he, okay with you yeah he's going in to tell them he leaves and then i'm just out there with the security guard and i'm like i'm not a fucking crazy person i'm fine i'm just being tested by the gods and fairies of the <laughs> like, underworld you're the fucking crazy one <laughs> You're working. You're working. <laughs> oh, you're a security guard. What do you know? Obviously, I hold the, the keys key to, to the to woodland life. realm. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like now, when I say that, I'm like, wow, you really went off the deep end. Well, you definitely didn't go <laughs> the shallow end. Let's put it we didn't way. start in the kiddie pool. No, that's we for just sure. kind of gal right, right, right in yeah. two feet. <laughs> first yeah so then martin Oof. comes out with okay. a nurse and then i was like what did they say to you oh i don't know i was just trying to be like <laughs> you're like i'm fine <laughs> it's like i'm not crazy i'm like can we all agree that i'm not a crazy person like, not, yeah. i'm, gonna take I'm in control of this situation <laughs> you did not say yeah that. i felt like i needed to be in control mm -hmm. and then when i was in control Everything. i could bend time right and control things. Right. Obviously. <laughs> sounds real. Yeah, it sounds like a show. I was trying to convince them that their names weren't actually their names. So you're doing some Jedi mind tricks. I'm just like... like you're just trying to... No, you're Michelle now. <laughs> like, that's what you're going with? Like, oh, you think your name's Cody? It's actually... It's actually David. <laughs> You've been living your whole life yeah. lie. How does it feel? Like, <laughs> I'm the truth. <laughs> That's you. That was me. That's so like. It's not funny. No, it's not. I'm and sorry. also, those are not real names. Just like, oh yeah. Just, like, like I'm this just is, making I up. That's why people don't know us. Yeah. And it's it's not funny, but it's also like. No, like it's terrifying. But if I also think if you can't laugh at your yeah. own life. Like, you can't take And understand it's coming from a place of, like... Also, A commitment making, and adoration. Like, I'm not, like, making fun And of also, you. like, my coping mechanism is humor. Is humor. 100%. <laughs> like, like that's, that's how good people happen. That's how Sprinkling comedians are Sprinkling a lot of trauma, born. a little sexual abuse, you got yourself a funny-ass person. Yeah, so... That is how comedians are born. So, that's why I was you know. brought to the hospital. Right. Anyways, just... 
to make this long story a little less long, <laughs> I um, was convinced that going into the hospital That's not was what I heard. fine. Like, I didn't want to go in. It took four people to get you out of that car. Yes, it was a very <laughs> yeah. slow process. Yeah, okay, like... Yes, but, like, eventually those <laughs> oh, that, Eventually, people, you, it was you. You decided. I decided right. that... Okay. Okay. I'll let you pull I me out. I can go... I can get out of the vehicle. Okay. Then we just stood in the parking lot for well, you probably can't rush in. never another, like, hour. Just trying to skip ahead. Like, this is all... But it was... Like, took a while. Took a bit of convincing. Yeah. I think, too, because this was, like, an isolated incident. You hadn't had a bunch of reoccurring episodes like this before. Oh, no one saw this coming. Well, that's what I mean. So it's not like this is a, okay, you're having one of your times, or, like, this is something that you've been through before. All of this is new. All of this is raw. All of this Mm -hmm. is terrifying. And now you're telling me I have to go to a hospital? Like, last time I was in a hospital, they ripped me open and fucking gave me a belly infection. Like, that's yeah, what you're thinking. Yeah, pulled two kids out of Yeah, it. and you're just like, no thanks, please. Yeah, I've had literally had enough of hospitals so, to last a lifetime. Thank I think, you. too, it's not like, oh, you had a psychotic break, you were brought to hospital and stabilized. Like, there's a lot of this, of you actually coming to terms with your own... Yeah. Your own true reality as a mm-hmm. abuse survivor and as someone mm-hmm. who is... Needing medical help. Yeah, and then anyway. I got into the hospital, and then I was, re- like, I recognized so many people. I'm like, oh, I know you. I know you, because I've already been oh, cause into the babies. hospital. Yeah. Like, I was just there because I had this infection, and mm-hmm. I was just there because I had two babies, and I was there because I had these blood clots and this infection, and my baby was sick. So a lot of these nurses had seen me before and I was clearly not acting like any other time. Right. They had seen me. Right. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, I never put that piece together. So then, and I was just like fucking terrified. I thought if I go into the hospital, I'm not coming out alive. That's what you told me too. So I didn't want to go. And then they got me into this room and I was like, uh, I don't really want to be here. And then they're like, you just need to rest. And they gave me something, I think. And I just couldn't, again, I couldn't turn my brain off. And I thought I needed to just totally, like, lose control of everything. And then I kind of thought maybe being in the hospital isn't the worst place to be because I need to die. Remember? Right. So I thought, okay, that's fine. They'll hook me up to their these machines. This is why I'm here. Because I need to die for the world to be saved. Mm. And the people here can bring me back to life. And then it's fine. But I couldn't rest enough to, like, sleep to then think... Form a cognitive thought with logic and reason. Yeah, Yeah. so I don't know. It was really messed up. And then... When did you think everybody had gotten in accidents? Okay, so first, eventually, like, Martin left. I don't know. It's Again, it was kind of like this. I would go to sleep, and then... Plus, you're on a lot of medication. Because you get in there, they're trying to relax you, because mm-hmm. you're obviously agitated. Mm-hmm. They know you haven't slept, so they need you to mm-hmm. catch up on sleep. They say the first 72 hours is usually just, A, you getting rehydrated, and mm-hmm. B, getting the rest you need. So... 
I think too, that's like the biggest thing. Well, and I think what happened and I don't really know, but I think I was coming in and out of consciousness of like, at sometimes I would be awake and be somebody different. And I don't remember still now to this day being that. Okay, so recorded and then I would, events of you that I don't, don't have, have any, any remembrance of at all. And then I would wake up again and I'd be like, okay, why, like, why am I here and what the fuck is going on? Like, mm. I just want to see my husband. Where is he? And then when I would sleep, I would have, like, dreams or visions or whatever you want to call them of, like really terrible things happening. Hmm. Well, I thought this like great darkness had come across the whole hospital and everyone was dying and everyone was just bleeding out everywhere and I was trapped in this room and all this bad stuff was happening because of me and in order to hmm. stop it then someone just needed to die. Naturally. Yeah, I don't know. And then I would wake up. A nurse would come in, and then they would they would just be like, "Just keep sleeping. You just need to sleep." And I wow, would be like, "The best thing for you." But I remember waking up and seeing this person be like, oh, "Okay, right. God sent you to me, and you're an angel." Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so then I would feel calm, like she would have such a calming feeling, mm -hmm. and then I could go back and sleep and rest. Mm. But then sometimes I would wake up and be like, like, it was so fucked up. Like, I tried to, like, leave the hospital a bunch of times. I only remember trying to run away once. What? Oh, yeah, I tried to, I fled. I was like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And then I just. Oh, my God, you're why they have those pages. I fucking booked it down the hallway. And Fuck, security just guards tackled me to the ground and put me in my room and locked it. No. Yes. And then I remember, so then at one point, oh it must have God, been like just... middle of the night and I woke up and I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I, like, I'm have... fine now. I've slept. I need to speak with my husband. No one would let me talk to him. Like he's gone he's home and he's resting. Get this really bad case of Karens. You're like, you can <laughs> no prison can hold me. So then I remember thinking, how do I get myself out of this? Right. And, I, and then here's, so in episode one, or part one, I mean, if you were listening, you'll remember I talked about this apple thing. Apples, right. apple juice. So there's two cups on the counter, mm -hmm. one with apple juice and one with water. You drank the apple juice. I was like. This is how I get out. I don't even. You're don't, like, fucking crap this bitch. I took my, out. like, um. Had bracelet off that they give you and yeah. like threw it in the garbage. So I was like, oh, now it doesn't look like I'm admitted. <laughs> <laughs> well, costume disguise on. So I'm just pacing in this room mm, and I'm were. like thinking, I am an original god. Yes, created I you the universe. And, and my parents are the originals. Like, right. You, you know, told you me you watched, had a whole family you know tree. But you, you, ever, you watched the Vampire Diaries? No, That's you Lucifer. Have you ever oh, watched Lucifer? Of course you love that show. So I'm like, oh, I'm just like that. Because it meant... <laughs> okay, cool. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like having this whole conversation with myself. And 
gods. He's there. They're all there. (laughs) They're all there. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? All this bad stuff. Test. This is once again a test. (laughs) And everyone is scared. And I'm Because everyone's dying and bleeding out. And I'm me. I'm not from here. But no one is going to remember this in the morning. This is all a bad dream. They're going to think this is COVID. Yes. Okay, I remember you telling me this. Okay. Yep. So then the next then whatever doctor comes in. Do you know who you are? Yes. This is who I am. This is my husband. These are my kids. I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I'm just like I've got all this sh- I've got my shit together. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's like Thank how you. and you've been in for how many days? And Oh, this is just like the nighttime of me first getting there. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought we I'm were in cap. Like I know like, we're like a week away, and I'm like, oh yeah, I was calling you every day. No, no this, this is, is like that night. That's the first night I'm there. Mm-hmm. They're like, <laughs> you well, you know what? Course. It's middle of the night. Just wait till your husband. He'll like, come I don't in need the morning. No man. He'll come We're in the morning. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Good. I want to see him. I want to see some results on my desk and by morning. <laughs> they're like, you just have to hold on till he's here. We'll let you know, but you have to stay in this room till then. And I'm like, okay, that's that seems reasonable. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, this works with my timeline as well now. <laughs> so sure. So then I just keep mm. resting. This nice angel nurse comes in a bunch more times, like. You feel I'm, great. I'm, I don't feel great, but I'm like, this is probably okay. Things Best are getting of a bad better. situation. I Martin do need overreacted. The... I've slept. It's fine. Yes. I'll go home, see my kids. Yes. We'll just move on. So then he comes. Who? Martin in the morning. And he's like, and then they're trying to like convince me I need to go to CAP, which is mm-hmm. the Center for Adult Psychiatry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't think I need that. <laughs> That's not in my journey, actually, thing. <laughs> That's not part of my wellness journey, but maybe someone else. <laughs> yes, it's not for me. And they're I... like, well, let's just... Try it. <laughs> let's just check it out. And I'm like... That seems dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to do that. I think we... I was like, if we just go home, I can just sleep at home. I'll sleep better. It'll be better. Like, I need to get out of this hospital. Because at this point, I'm still thinking I can control time. Oh, like, yikes, right. So I'm thinking, oh, I'll just go home, sleep there. <laughs> Reverse the clock. Reverse the clock, and then... <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, no one will know this has happened. Exactly. You're like, I've cracked it. And the excuse will just be COVID. Great. Sounds great. Big so... blanket covers everything. <laughs> Sounds great. So then, <laughs> no, that was not really working for him, obviously. <laughs> the doctor or Martin? Martin. Martin's like, like, yeah, no, you can't come home. So then we were escorted to CAP. <laughs> so that sucked. And we meet this really nice nurse. And I'm thinking, like, no, 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 no. This is actually not what's supposed to happen. I'm trying to convince You're like, this him. is not in my program that I... I'm like, this is the fucking fairies. They're fucking with <laughs> Those me Those fuckers. So I'm like, 
Okay, trying to convince him that his phone is not actually in his pocket, but it was. So mind tricks. I'm trying, again, I think I can control time, I can read people's minds, I can control their thoughts. You're a real Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi Just sign me up for, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I can't even try. I can't. I really hate that about you, (laughs) actually. That's fine. Something we'll work on as our friendship continues, but... (laughs) Okay, continue with your story about your intense vulnerability. <laughs> so then, get into this room, a cap, mm-hmm. with a nurse, and with Martin, and then they want me to take some more medication. I'm just like, okay, well, I really still trust Martin. I really want him to trust me. I'm very concerned that he thinks I'm a crazy person, but I'm not. I remember that was a huge, that like. I just wanted him to, I wanted to be able to tell him everything I'm saying and him to believe me, Mm -hmm. but I knew he wouldn't, Mm -hmm. so I couldn't tell him. Mm -hmm. They convinced me, yep, it's fine. I can take this medication. It's going to help. Okay, so I take this medication, and they're like, I think you should just keep sleeping. Like, just sleep for as long as you can. Mm -hmm. So then he left, because what do you do? And you know what? Again, we kind of talked about this part one, but there is no support for a spouse for your support person yes like oh, what do that's you do so true. like for who, him and like who does he talk to and he's like yeah my wife was like naked on our porch i had to fucking take her to the hospital you're the so poor right. guy you're so right but, but also mean, like poor everyone it's hard on everyone it and it's there's hard on, not enough resources out there for and that's what everyone. that's what it is like it's hard on parents to see their child yeah. struggle it's hard on friends to see their loved ones struggle. It's hard on your spouse to see them struggle. Like yeah. it, it's not good really for anyone. I think that's the thing is we treat mental illness like, oh, we just treat the person and you take the medication, mm-hmm. you go to counseling. When really a lot of the times there's a lot more support that can be there. And maybe mm-hmm. it is there and I just don't know where to look. But, but I think a lot of people don't. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like that we don't even have enough support for people needing to get help, yeah. let alone support for the, for the support, support people, people of get people getting help. Yeah. I, you know, and that's just the shitty truth of it. Yeah, and then people don't really want to talk about it because... Well, who really does? Like, I don't want to be talking about this. Me? I don't want to be being vulnerable and sharing my story. I've literally the whole time we've been recording this and part one, I have been feeling like I want to vomit. Same. I feel sick about it. And I feel like we use humor as a way to get through it. Yes, but I also think I know that we need to talk about it because I know there's other people that are, have gone through something similar. Or even slightly similar. See, that's my thing. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a carbon copy of your story. No, and it won't be. It's one element that resonates with you that you understand yeah. on your own level. And if yeah. that helps, then yes, I will talk about mental health for the rest of my fucking life. Because yeah. if that helps someone, then that's what I, as a fucking mechanic in rural Manitoba, can do to help them fucking mental health crisis. <laughs> yeah, because we're in one. Like, I guess the silver lining for me is at least, you know, my breakdown happened at the start of COVID when they're, right. you know, I mean, I look at a year ago compared to now with a lot of these mental health resources, they were thin then. And now they're but just now they're see-through. just drowning. Well, and that, it, that it, I feel like obviously that's a whole other podcast episode, but 
I mean, understand when we talk about these things, we're not like enjoying the content. It's that we enjoy the the ability to help change the conversation to something more positive. That's what I enjoy. So, And I guess just if my story can resonate with one other person and that makes them feel less shitty about themselves or they go and get help or they talk to their doctor and yeah. it helps them turn something around in their life so that they're not struggling in silence, then... I've done my part. Same. Anyway, I don't know where we were going. I guess... That was a good rant, though. Yeah, so I'm at CAP. I'm in my room. Martin's gone. I'm finally lay down for sleeping. Like, I I just think I fell asleep right away. But then I started, I guess, kind of dreaming or, like, playing out this imagination of what was actually happening. Okay. So then I thought, like, okay, he left, he was going to come back, and I mm-hmm. thought I could hear his footsteps, but mm-hmm. I was sleeping, and I couldn't get up out of bed, and he didn't actually come in, and then I was dreaming that on his way home, he could, like, hear my thoughts that I was sending him, like, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. It really doesn't, pal. <laughs> and then, I don't even know, like, at some point, I guess I thought... Him and his mom and two of my kids came to visit me, and but they wouldn't allow them to see me because of COVID. No, just because I was sleeping, or like they wouldn't, mm. I couldn't be in my room. And then on their way home, they got in a car accident, or and they mm. died, and then they were in the hospital, and then their souls were like trapped, and like mm. I was running around like touching other patients like I release you and I thought I Real was like which shit I was very unstable yeah not I think yeah. I pissed a lot of people off mm. and but then also there was just weird things that I can't even explain and I'm not gonna get into because I don't feel comfortable doing that but just weird things that some people would chalk up as coincidence. Like, I would just make weird connections. Okay. I'm in my mind. Yeah. So, like, somebody would be there and the patient's name would be the same name as, like, somebody we know. Like... Oh, I see. Hmm, coincidence? Like, yeah, yeah, probably there's a lot of people in the world named whatever right. that is. Like, I'm not... Obviously can't say names. No, 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 no. You know, no. But, I know what you mean. Or a name that would sound similar. Synchronicities, I would maybe call those. Or like... Yeah, like I just felt like, again, I was there and I was being tested. And mm-hmm. then the things I felt like I needed, I wasn't getting. So like, mm-hmm. I really am a spiritual person. So I wanted somebody that I could like go to the chapel with and right. pray. And, and they have handouts there saying like, this is available and you can use it. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I'm like, this is written down. This is a right as a patient I have. I should be able to have this. And they wouldn't let me because COVID and chapels closed. Well, I thought all this bad stuff was happening. Like, I just thought COVID wasn't actually that bad because previously, the night before, 
when I had this weird dream and all these people were dying, but then that didn't actually happen. You're like, oh, it must not be a thing then. It's just I, my excuse for that was when everyone wakes up, they'll just think that was a nightmare and it's actually COVID that's causing all this bad stuff. So I was thinking COVID's not actually that real of a thing. It's just I've made everyone in the hospital think it's a bad thing. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Your power. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I want a spiritual leader to come. I want someone to come and smudge with me. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, well, that person can't come today or that person can't come today, blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't getting anywhere. And I wanted to talk to my doctor, and they wouldn't let and me talk to my doctor. how many days were you in there? I don't know. For a total, I think I was only there for two weeks. But then it was, like, other weird things were happening. Like, I thought, like, I would meet with my doctor, like. But, like, I understand, too, you were in there a total <laughs> of two weeks, and, like, standard stay is, like, 21 days. Yeah. So, like, see, this is where it comes to me is, like, you felt like you weren't getting any of these services in, like, a day span. But your grip on time. Oh, it was was, totally So, like, what felt like a week to you was really six hours. Because you would call me. You would I would call you every single day. Remember? Mm -hmm. Like, most days. And you would say you'd be so drastically different every time I talked to you. Because, like, it was, like, leaps and bounds. Like, something that was pissing you off so much the day before, you didn't give a fuck about the next day. Like, so it was just, you know what I mean? So, like, that's what... And it was, I kept saying, like, give it time, give it time. Because I'd done my research and I'd read up on it. And it's at 21 days. Most people, when they're admitted into psychiatric facility Mm -hmm. in Canada or wherever I read this stat, I mean, who knows if it's real. But... That it was going to be most of a month. So, like, budget for a month of uh, mm-hmm. most of it in this psychiatric care. So, because chance for your meds to kick in, all these mm-hmm. things. But, yeah. So, then when you were, like, so mad, you were, like, day two. And just so <laughs> mad you couldn't get and, into a chapel. And it's a weekend. Yeah. And you were just... Of course people aren't fucking available on I, a and, and, like, and I just felt like that was fueling your fire. Like, you were just... Because I was really had no sense of time. I know. And then I met a person there who was, like... Mm, like a light in the darkness. And I would... Like, I don't think I would have really got through that without him really because it was like talking to somebody who fucking got it right who sees it because he was there for the same thing and that was really tripping me out more because he went into psychosis same time i did but it was nice to be able to talk to someone who'd gone through it right who understood and who didn't think I was crazy. Right. Because that was my biggest thing. I, I didn't... I still, to this day, don't really like the word crazy. I know I've said it a thousand times. But I, like... I guess I just have this sense of who I am or who I am to people and who I'm supposed to be. Right. And that is someone who's strong and has it all together all the time and presents a certain way in public. Right. And so this was, like, a real big fall from grace. Mm -hmm. 
and I was embarrassed. Right. And I'm stubborn and like very prideful, I would say. <laughs> okay. So this whole experience was like, well, how could this happen to me? Like never to me. That happens to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And I didn't really know what this was. And then I was like being given this diagnosis of being bipolar. Okay. And I was like, mm, no, I'm pretty sure that's not what I am. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like it was just, and again, I think that's part of the stigma around that. Right. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I started talking to this guy and it felt refreshing like, like being it, seen yeah is what it is and, and it's like and without having to explain yourself that's how i feel when i talk to other depressed people honestly yeah it feels so stupid and you like sometimes there's just an ease and not having to verbalize those things that become so part of your everyday thought process like for me to talk to someone who's totally healthy about it it's really hard to paint that picture of how bad it actually is Right? Because yeah. when you finally get to figure out what normal's like, and I think for you that's probably part of it too, is mm -hmm. you think that acting in this way or acting bipolar or let, having these thought processes or me being depressed, I think that's normal. When really it's, it's normal for us, but not like a level-headed brain chemistry. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so but like, I guess I also realized like this experience that I was going through is not normal. Like, that wasn't a normal thing for me to experience. So as, like, the medication was kicking in and I was getting sleep oh, and yes. I was eating, I was like, I have never experienced anything like this before. I don't understand what it is or how it happened or why it happened, but no one else gets it except right. this person. Right. And then I just started really meeting all these other really cool people okay. there. Yeah. And it was actually not the worst thing. Like I started going to fucking group like I was supposed mm -hmm. to and, and really paying attention and trying to understand what was going on and right. like getting worksheets on anxiety, like what is anxiety? And right. I was like every single anxiety disorder that you're explaining to me is what happened to me, but it all hit at one time. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is making sense to me now, like right. why this happened. And then I'm starting to put some of these pieces together. And then, yeah, like just starting to talk to other people and hearing their stories and mm -hmm. like just actually being seen and mm -hmm. heard and listened to. and. And people who were total strangers, who just, I just felt like they loved me, even yeah. when I was a fucking crazy person. Like, they but, really saw it. And yeah. I don't know, and then I just kept thinking, what's the next right thing for me to do? So then it was like, oh, I need to apologize to these people that I was touching and trying to release their fucking spirit out of them. Like, oh my God. so it was really uncomfortable. Like I would go up to like 
these strangers who like didn't talk and was just like, I'm really sorry that I did this. Because mm-hmm. if I felt like they it were a big acting... person who apologized, so like that yeah. is amazing. That is growth. I apologize to every person in there that you touched. Yeah, that that was still there. Like some people were. Yeah. You know, and then as I started doing that, then things started working out for me. Mm-hmm. All then it was like, okay. I really wanted to go outside. That was a big thing. I felt like if I could be outside, then I could get... Grounded. Just, yeah, like some fresh air or something. So then in the schedule of activities, they had someone coming in for spirituality who was going to smudge, and we did this whole thing. And so I got to do that, and I got to be outside and, like, share and... Like, music was happening in there. Like, people were playing guitar and mm. ukulele and singing. And I got a radio in my room. You're and like I started coloring. And, I mean, I was really equating it to I'm now coming down from this. Mm. I'm getting back to my normal self. Mm-hmm. And doing the right thing, and now I'm being, like, rewarded by the universe, I guess. Really? For this. And I just was like, this, oh, this is just a game. Like, I felt like the people there, the patients, cared more about me than some of the staff. Like, there was some, like, I don't want to sound like an asshole, because again... Those people that work yeah, there. Yeah, the bullshit they fucking put up with. Amazing people. I know. I know. But it is know. very clinical. And I think And it has, it has to be. Yeah. But for me, I was feeling like I just needed something different. Right. And I felt like, oh, they're just sitting back and... Like, I just didn't feel like it was the help that I really needed. Like, it was really... We're giving you medication, and we're just making sure you're not killing yourself, basically. But I think, too, at that point, for a lot of times, especially when you first get in there, they're just trying to stabilize you. Yeah. So I really wanted to see my doctor, and then he did come, and they actually didn't want to let him in. Because mm. of COVID? I don't know. But then I got to talk to him, and I was telling him, like there's something weird going on here Mm -hmm. i need to get out and so he was like well i mean they know what they're doing here and he really just helped calm me down like i feel like after i talked to him i was like okay i know that when i get out of here i have i have you and i trust you and i can get off some of this medication because i don't like it and i don't like what it's doing to me right but I trust you to put me on the right kind of things. And he really explained it to me as, like, this is not something you could have foreseen coming. No. This was, like, we know you were on this medication for this reason. And it clearly didn't work well with your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. So... Like, the way that it was sort of explained to me is it's not like you were just born oh, okay. with yeah. being bipolar and you had all this stuff. Like, some people are just born, born with that, that brain chemistry. Yeah. But 
But for me, it was more like you were on this stuff, causing mm-hmm. you as a side effect to get to become manic right. and depressive and what like, and then that's when you see these ups and downs. Right. Okay. Interesting. So, I I felt better after seeing yeah. him, and then I sort of just felt like, okay, well, I know what I need to do to get out of here. Right. So then, yeah, I was able to go home, and then I was feeling better, like, and I was on this new medication, like, my doctor then put me on this other stuff. Also, like, I also consider myself to be a pretty self-aware person Mm -hmm. when I'm in the right right state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, you know, it was maybe two, three weeks after leaving the hospital. You came over, and I was... No, you came here. No. No, no. you first came to my house because I was like, I don't think I'm doing so good. And then you kind of talked to me about a few things. I don't remember exactly. And then Martin came home, and I was like, I think I need to go back to the hospital. Like, Mm -hmm. something's still not quite right. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then I just left. I didn't know where to go. I knew I didn't really want to go to CAP, but I knew I couldn't be at home. Right. I felt very unsafe being at home, like Mm -hmm. unsafe for myself. I started recognizing I'm having these unhealthy thoughts Mm -hmm. that I was having before Before. I went to the hospital. So like then I immediately was like, that kind of thinking equals this. Your brain is unhealthy. Right. So I went to the emergency room. I was pretty calm and collected and was like, I was just here. This is what happened. I'm not doing well. I need somebody to talk to, but I don't know what, what, to, what do. to do. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And so they put me, ironically enough, in the same room that I was in, in the first time mm-hmm. I went. But now under a but, different light. Yeah, and I was kind of like, okay, well, that's weird that I'm here. And then this really nice guy came from the um, crisis service unit. And we just had a chat. And I was just, for the first time, actually really open and honest about... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did have depressive thoughts when I was a teenager. And I have thought of killing myself before. Right. And... Yeah, maybe I'm actually not that... I haven't been that mentally stable of a person. In a long time. In a long time. And I just pretend that I'm fine. Yeah. So that... Because I've always kind of felt like I had to be strong for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And now, for the first time in my life, I really felt like it's okay for me not to be. Mm -hmm. And by being vulnerable and actually saying my truth, like, that's the only way I'm going to get better. Well, you can't fix something that you don't know there's a problem. You have to admit there's a problem. Yeah, and I was like, I told him... So smart. I don't want to go back to CAP, really, but if that's my only option, I will. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't love my experience there, but... Yeah, I don't know. So then he started explaining to me about... Like, what the crisis service unit is, and I'd never even heard no, of it. No, I'd never heard of it. And it's, like, this house, there's, like, nurses, like, trained mental health professionals there, 
and you can just get the help that you need and people to talk to and amazing. they'll give you your medication, but it's just a way different environment than a yeah. hospital yeah. setting. Yeah. And it was exactly what I needed. I think that's kind of neat too, because in that kind of setting where it's not hospitalized and then it's a lot of people that are of the same kind of severity of situation and yeah. it's really easy to have more of a collaborative pro approach in your wellness, right? And then you do learn more from the people that you're with almost, you know? Yeah, and then I was able to like get in touch with my family doctor when I was there and yes. then really I when I went home it was kind of just survival mode and... Mm -hmm not doing much of anything, just getting through every day. And right. if I need to nap, then I need to have a nap and not really having a ton of expectations. Okay, so what does life look like now? Well, and I mean, how is it different? What happened for me was, so I, you know, I just stayed in contact with my mental health counselor, my doctor, my family. Mm -hmm. We had a whole family meeting around like what people need to do to help support mm -hmm. our family. And that looked like right. grandparents helping, taking the kids, you know, a day or two a week just right. to help me have some alone time or someone coming to help like fold laundry right. for me because I just wasn't able to take everything on and mm -hmm. Martin working from home more so he could help out around the house mm -hmm. and me doing counseling and right. always being in contact with my doctor about my medication right when I look back the reason why this podcast took mm -hmm. until now to happen is not a big surprise. Right? <laughs> and I suppose when we talk know. more, too, about, like, our shared kind of history with sexual assault and things, and just things yeah. we've realized in the last year through a lot of this inner work, it's, although it seems like we're laughing it off, like, it's still pretty raw for us, but I think it's never lost on us the importance of sharing a story. Mm -hmm. to Especially, I always feel like your darkest stories are the ones that helps someone the fucking most, mm -hmm. right? Like, And I think there's something about when you share your story, you set it free in a sense. Yeah, it ain't yours. You just, yeah. Because I, for a long time, didn't even want to talk about my psychosis. But I just think if you hold on to that and you keep it to yourself, it's kind of like this dark little shadow that well, can grow and grow. And then you become, or for me anyways like shameful and guilty about it or feeling bad about it but by sharing it and just shedding some light on it it doesn't have power over you right. you're releasing that connection because i think a lot of the times and this is what i've learned about my stuff is the more you push it away you're trying mm -hmm. to separate yourself from the incident so you're pushing it away, but all you're doing is creating a larger gap between you and the incident. Yeah. And so you're actually perpetuating that fear. You're creating more of a divide. You're making it even more overwhelming when it does hit you in the face when you have those flashbacks. And then you're just fucking crippled in the moment. Well, and I also am a strong believer in when you suppress emotional things for too long, it mm. manifests physically in your body. Yeah, that's why I'm friggin' chubby and have depression. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I'm addicted to brands. Yeah. So I feel like it's been 
as hard as it has been to like be open and share this story and know that people are gonna hear it. Yeah, it's fucked and up. And then know about it, I'm like shitting my pants. But same. But I also know that it needs to be said. Right. And it yeah. needs and I just know that someone is gonna listen to it. I hope. And they're going to realize that it's okay for them to share their story and get the help they need. 100 emoji. But that's a lot. Like, I I think think we should wrap that up. That's where we're at right now. We're glad you came. We're glad you stuck with us for the two-parter. I mean, it was a bumpy road. It was a very bumpy road. Thanks for stopping in. So next week, we're going to talk about comparison is the thief of joy. Which also sounds a little depressing, but I promise that it's not. It's not what you think. Well, it probably is what you think, but it's just (laughs) got a good spin to it. We're just happy gals. It's going to be a lot lighter and more fun, and so please tune in for that. And one more reminder, if you did listen all the way through, thanks for (laughs) tuning in. We really appreciate that. Appreciate you. And if you feel like you need someone to talk to, please do that. Friend, family member, medical professional. But yeah. Till next time, let your heart run wild.